Old Men Rolling Dice presents, presents Servants of, of the Lake, Lake. A Call of Cthulhu Live. Mr. Fraser sent a $200 retainer and a photograph of his son James to you. The retainer came with a note. He and his son needed your assistance. And could you meet him at the bank on the specified date? It's a Friday afternoon. The sun is out. It's late summer. And your driver, uh, Bob Bucket, has yourself and uh, your friend Winston in the back seat. The car rolls up out in front of the bank where you find a parking spot and the three of you head in. Once inside uh, Mr. Fraser's office at the bank, you are greeted by the sights of Mr. Ellsworth Spectre, uh, who you are unfamiliar with. The four of you stand in, a, in the banker's uh, office. It is hot and stuffy. The window is cracked, you can hear cars driving by outside, and there is a very full ashtray, which uh, has put a little bit of a stink in the room. He's obviously been in here uh, smoking a great deal. The door opens and a very well-fed and red-faced man enters. He seems upset and stressed. He's uh, patting his head with a handkerchief as he comes in and smiles, nods to each of you, motions for you to sit down. Uh, please, gentlemen, sit, ha find a seat. Find a seat. We have much to talk about. Uh, and he uh, he walks around and sits down behind his desk, opens a side drawer, and pulls out a bottle of non-descript but obvious alcoholic drink during during a time where it's illegal, right? So the door is closed. He pours everyone a bit of rye and and lights a cigarette, offering anyone else who would like a, a smoke. And he then nervously taps the table and he says, my, my dear boy James has gone missing. I don't know who to turn to. I, I realize that this is not really your skill set, but I would like to not involve the authorities at this time. Uh, would you do me uh, the favor of uh, seeing if you can find uh, my son for me? What kind of trouble is he in? Why is he missing? He takes a very long drink and puts the glass down, and he says, The type of trouble that all young men get into. The kind with long legs and red hair... And need I go any further than that? Uh, we've all got a Sylvia in our past. I was speaking to my boy on the phone the other night. He had left school. As you know, he was attending Miskatonic University. Had enough, he said. Off to, to Kingsport, where the girlfriend lives. I need you to bring him back so I can talk some sense into the boy. 
Do you have a name or an address for uh, this this skirt? Yes, an Emily Livingston. And he uh, quickly writes down a phone number for her and her address in Kingsport. Kingsport is to the south of Arkham. It's down by the water. And it would take uh, it would take a few days to drive down there, depending on road conditions. May I ask why you're not going there yourself? He takes a drag on his cigarette and says, I have things to attend to, and from the conversation it would seem that I am not going to be able to talk any sense into him, Winston. Perhaps you and Jameson could be better role models, and perhaps he would listen to you, and if not, then... He looks to Bob. Perhaps you could forcibly bring him home for me. Either way, I don't think me going is going to solve anything. However, out of desperation, I did call Miss Livingston, and she claims the boy isn't there, that he never arrived. I think it would be great karma if his car has broken down somewhere along the way. Seems like a rather capable crew. I mean, I've not met each of you personally, but I definitely recognize the name Jameson Gray. I believe I was part of a uh, an expedition that acquired a uh, collection of uh, ancient dowsing rods that you purchased for your collection just a number of years ago. Most pleasure to meet you, Mr. Jameson. Your reputation obviously precedes yourself. And, of course, Winston Albertson. I mean... A giant among antiquarians. An absolute pleasure to meet you, sir. An absolute pleasure. Two two great, brilliant minds. I think you have the makings of a fine group here in terms of recovering a lost son. Pleasure to meet you. Gerald nods to everything that Ellsworth says about the two of you. He says, exactly, exactly. These are the type of men that my boy could look up to. Men with fortitude. Gumption. And Mr. Ellsworth here owes me a favor. He'll be accompanying you. Gerald and I go way back. There's been an issue of financing a number of expeditions, and we've grown close over the years. Perhaps you could uh, you could check in with Ms. Livingston before uh, heading out to make sure he has not arrived so that I don't waste your time. Either way, you're welcome to that that money in the envelope. I've taken the liberty of writing on the back a few uh, details about James. Uh, his height and things like that, as you've not met him. Uh, he he was driving a, his Chrysler Coupe. I've written the license plate on the back as well. Give a portrait of the boy. He motions to uh, the envelope that he supplied to Mr. Jameson. On the back it says James Fraser, six foot two, blonde hair, brown eyes. And there is a license plate number, uh, AB, Albert Bob, 1652. He looks quite dapper. In truth, he's a spoiled little shit. However, <laughs> no man wants to see his son missing. So you'll do it then. You'll take the road south to Kingsport and see if you can find my boy. Absolutely. This is a perfect time of year for traveling to Kingsport. The weather's beautiful. It'll be a leisurely drive, and I'm sure, I'm sure James is there. We've, like I said... We've all been young. We've all made mistakes. I'm sure we'll find him comfortably sleeping off a couple of drinks in a bed somewhere. We'll bring him back. We should be back shortly. Relax, Gerald. Everything will be fine. I promise. Then we can talk about my next expedition. Yes, perhaps it will be more fruitful than the last. 
Well, the Sasquatch is an elusive creature. Lee and I did everything within the realm of possibility. We'll see. Ten we'll years see. is but a small time. I understand there is a copy of the report being sent to my office later this week. Mm, a rather inclusive report. We'll talk about that when it arrives. My son's roommate, uh, Travis Bryce. I will give you his contact information as well if you require it. Bryce is here in town? Yes, he's at Missacatonic University. We should probably start there. I mean, Travis might be able to provide some insight before we leave town. It would be a shame to want to question him halfway to Kingsport. Of course. We have transportation. I, unfortunately, am currently without transportation. Yes, with a car. It's not a silver ghost. It'll do, sirs. So you arrive at the university, and it's Friday. Many people are uh, taking an early day. You make your way to the dormitory where the boys had been staying, and uh, sure enough, you find a a small, meek, dark-haired boy in the room. Uh, The door is slightly ajar, and you can see him uh, sitting at a desk, looking studious. He's got a book in front of him. He's taking notes. Always a pleasure to see a young man enjoying academia. Whoever smelly he is. I said, Winston, were you not alumni here? I thought I remembered that. Heaven forbid, I grew up in England. This school is beneath me. (laughs) It's a fine institution specializing in wonderful areas. At that point, the door opens and the skinny boy is looking at you, uh, having heard your discussion in the hallway. Can Can I help you? Are you gentlemen lost? Yeah, we're here to talk to you about uh, about your friend James. Uh, we hear he's uh, come up missing. And just wanting to know, you know, what's going on. Oh, his dad put you up to this. He asked us to look after him. Yeah, you're welcome to look around. And he opens the door, and his side of the room looks lived in. It's neat. It's tidy, but lived in. Uh, James' side of the room. It's like, it's empty. The bookshelf, there's a shelf with no books on it. There's no bedding on the bed. It's just a mattress. For all intents and purposes, the the boy appears to have literally taken everything he had and left town. Did he ever attend school here? Yeah, yeah, for a short while. Well, until, he, until, he met, uh, until he met that girl. What was he studying while he- Oh, the humanities. Nothing of any importance. Mm-hmm. Where did he meet this girl? I think it's some kind of mixer at the university. She's only 19. I don't know what she was doing here, but... Were you at the mixer as well? I don't go to those sorts of things. What are you studying, Travis? A science. Specifically what? botany. Oh, my lord. Fantastic. I have the girl's number, though, if you want it. He, he, left, he left me her contact information. Said to keep in touch. I probably won't. You and James were not close? Just not cut from the same cloth, I suppose. Hmm. Your family, they are here in town? Oh, yeah, yeah. Born and raised in Arkham. Hmm. Can I look over at the stuff 
that was on uh, James's side of the room and see if there's anything like he left behind at all by accident, like any any kind of clue to his personality at all. Yeah, you can take a you can take a closer look around. You're looking to see if he's left like absolutely anything, right? Yeah, just just out of curiosity. Sir, would you like me to do that for you? Sure. <laughs> sure. Sure. I'll start rifling through those rest what's left of the bed. Okay. See, see what he's got. Bob, make me a spot hidden check. Our first roll of the game. Ninety nine. Ninety nine. <laughs> <laughs> you find nothing. These are. Uh, you flip the bed over. Uh, there, there's nothing there. Like he literally cleared out everything. Sir, it looks like there's nothing left of the young man. Was there anybody else on campus that he hung out with or affiliated with on a regular basis that maybe we could talk to about his whereabouts? No, I don't. I don't really. I didn't hang out with him enough to know that. I understand. I understand. However, he was always on the. The phone with that girl. Mm. <clears throat> Mr. Bryce, do you know where this woman lived? He At that point, he hands over... Or, uh, sorry, worked. <laughs> where she worked? I I don't know that she did work. I think she lives with her parents. At that point, he hands you a, a little torn bit of paper out of his address book. And uh, it lists uh, Emily Livingston... And an address in Kingsport and a phone number to reach her at. Is it the same one as we got from his father? It is, yes. Everything checks out that way. Now, did he belong to any clubs? To be honest, he wasn't really all that engaged here once he met Emily. I was not surprised when I woke up to find him totally gone. Did you ever meet her? Just a, just uh just over the phone, I spoke with her a few times when she called for him. And he points down the hall uh, to a sort of a, a communal dorm phone. Well, I think we should check up on this Emily next. Although she claims he never arrived. Um, I'm going to see if she gives off any kind of vibe. Obviously, next step. I just wonder if there's anything else here in Arkham we should check before we leave Arkham. Well, do you want to call her first? Who's gonna Who's gonna make the phone call to Emily? She's in Kingsport. We're in Arkham. Yeah, yep. it's been a long time since we've been down this way, but there's not much in between here and there. I want to say maybe Martin's Beach or Manchester, sort of down in that area. Yeah, you're right. There's not There's not much. Yeah, it's not a heavily traveled area. People generally going from Arkham to Salem would use would not pass through Kingsport. There's there's more more direct route. What is that? About a day's drive? A little a little more, a couple days. A couple mm. days, as long as the weather's good. It's been a long time since I've been down this way. I can't remember if there's lodging in between these two. There must be something in one of the smaller communities. Those sketchy motels. Sirs wouldn't stay at a place like that. <laughs> if there's much choice. <laughs> Necessity is the mother of invention. There's nothing else here in Arkham. If there's no profs we can talk to or nobody else he's socialized with, we can thank Travis. Um, if he's got any other sort of insight, I guess, or anything else that strikes him as odd about James that we should know, maybe we should 
No, we should call before we go. She might not even be there. For all we yeah. know, she's traveling dark. Yeah. I want to make sure she's there. I'll call, I guess. All Absolutely. right. So, Mr. Gray, uh, do you want to use the phone there in the dorm? Have the operator connect you? Yeah. So you only hear it ring like half a ring, and someone picks it up, and you hear very frantically, James, is that you? <laughs> James, are you there? It's not James, but we're looking for him. If he's in some kind of trouble, we need you to help us. We're trying to find him. Who? Who is this? Is this the police? No. This is, uh, my name is Jameson Gray. Uh, some colleagues and I have been uh, asked by James's father to find him. Oh, Mr. Gray, I, I'm so glad someone's looking for him. Is he in some kind of trouble? I'm not sure. He, he said he was on his way, and then he called me and said that he had uh, grown tired and had stopped at a at a motel about halfway here to Kingsport. I... I I asked him to drive through the night. I was so excited to see him, but... He said he said he was too tired. Okay, I'm going to relay this to the, to the group real quick, just to let him know. I think he mentioned something about... about a lake. The motel's lake. name, it, Squatter's Lake? Squatter's Lake. Is that the... You familiar with the uh, with that Ellsworth? Squatter's Lake. I don't. I've traveled quite extensively. I'm not sure that Squatter's Lake rings a bell. Bob, so, you might have a road map in the car that you can check. I can check on that. She hmm. says, uh, "You will find him, Mister Gray. You will find him." Well, we'll try. That's what we're what we're here for. Are Are you okay? Is uh, Has there been anything? Uh, suspicious uh, going on around uh, around James or, or around you that you may have witnessed? Uh, anything that gives you any kind of hint of foul play? Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, uh, he, 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 he had quite a bit of money with him. We, we had planned to elope with it. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't think uh, you don't think he was robbed? I don't know, Miss Livingston, but we will uh, look into this and find out. Oh, and, thank uh, you, Mr. Gray. We'll be in touch. Yes, you you, you have my number. You call me as, as soon as you know something, please. Of course. Do I... Is there any way that I can uh, tell if she's putting on any kind of airs or anything? Absolutely. You can... Uh, you can give me a, uh, a psychology check for that. Okay. So I, I rolled the percentile, and it's got to be lower than that, right? That's right. Okay. And if you can get below the other numbers, like the, the hard success or the extreme success, let me know. Oh, no. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. No? <laughs> Did, <Okay>. you <laughs> Did you roll? You didn't roll 100, though. No, I rolled a 74. Okay, so, you, you, I mean, she sounds distraught. And okay. for right, if they were going to elope, you know, for, for good reason. All right, I'll uh, I'll assure her again that we'll uh, we'll find them, and then I'll go ahead and hang up and fill the group in on you know everything. Okay. Well, before we leave, can I get a couple quick pictures of his room in case there's a clue that pops up later? Absolutely. Is there any way I can sneak a bit of a weird angle and grab like 
quick photo of Travis Bryce in the corner of said one photo. Yeah, you can do that. You can do that. Um, what was the name of the hotel again? Sorry. Uh, Squatters Lake. I'm not going to have you make... Uh, actually, make a stealth check. Stealth stealth's not something I do. 52, and my stealth is 20, so... Yeah, so, I mean, he sees you take the picture, and he gives you sort of a strange look, but he doesn't, uh, he doesn't question it. He goes back to his studies. I was going to say before that, could I call information and get the phone number for the motel? Uh, yes, you can. You give the operator ring and ask if she has a, a line for Squatters Lake. Yep. Uh, she says, of, of course, sir, one moment and I'll connect you. And then there's a pause, and she comes back on. She says, I'm sorry, sir, no one's answering. Can you provide a phone number for that? She gives you a number. Thank you. Uh, oh, so, we'll go to the car. Yeah, so you check your glove box, you pull out the map. It doesn't have a name on the map, but it does. there, there are a couple small bodies of water between here and Kingsport. He mentioned the lake. There's, there's one sort of midway down. Uh, the map doesn't show a motel there or anything like that, but... Does it give the name of the lake? No, it doesn't. No, no squatters lake. No squatters <laughs> lake. Oh. Is uh, the university open or is it late? Uh, it would be getting close to sort of the end of the day. Like, would the library have any more information, maybe? For a squatters lake? Yeah. If someone would like to go to the library and give me a library use check, we can totally see if the, there's any information on a squatters lake. I got a I can look at the library. That's up your, uh, your alley. I can look. I just don't want to get lost on the way. I got seven, and my library use is 60. And you rolled a seven? Yeah. So that's an extreme success. You've got, have you got all three of your numbers filled out beside your library use? Yeah, the smallest one's 12. 12, yeah, so you're under 12. It doesn't take you long at all. You find, you find, uh, an article uh, that mentions Squatters Lake. Do you want to read it? I called Akineki, who lived in Connecticut River Valley in Vermont, New Hampshire, and Massachusetts. Apanaki originally owned the land around the Squatters Lake, though they were driven away by English settlers in 1722. Originally named Pocamacacas, <laughs> the crow, Weird Indian names. Tapanaki, due to the abundance of crows scavenging around the lake, the settlers found this that moving there was a bad idea due to poor fishing and hunting in the area. Also, the surrounding hemlock trees were worthless for burning, and the untreated wood for the houses quickly succumbed to the rock. The settlers moved further north, leaving their settlement behind, and over the years, the decrepit shacks became homes to vagrants, escaped slaves, deserters from the army, until they were finally swept to the lake in a flood. In 1805, locals living near the lake began to call it Squatters Lake, a name that survives to this day. Hmm. That mm. sounds like a nice place to visit. <laughs> Lovely. I'm sure you went to a lot of places like that, Ellsworth, when you went to Canada. Hey, this is, this is right up my alley. <laughs> oh, this is definitely the sort of place that we need to check out. I'm sure there's second. Perhaps there's a Bigfoot. The Sasquatch investigations have proven somewhat futile. Um, but I have worked on a uh, an incredibly uh, intricate study 
exploded force. And this seems like the sort of place where you might find that sort of mystical force. Mm-hmm. Well, should we head out now, wait till the morning? Well, is there any supplies you sirs need? What what do we have right now in terms of supplies? I mean, it sounds like we won't have to camp. There's 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 some sort of accommodation in between here and there. Right. If car was run off the road, it would be nice to see. We need daylight. Yeah, that's true for signs along the edge of the road. Some of those roads, I think, are quite uh, quite rural. Mm. Yes, this this will not be a paved road. This this is a uh, once you get beyond the Arkham's uh, limits, you, it, it's going to quickly turn into a dirt gravel, you know, road. Well, yeah, I'm I'm for waiting till the morning to head out. My my paranoia is going to get active. Can I just like look around real quick and see if anybody's following us or anything? Yeah. So you guys are sta- well. You guys are standing by the car. Uh, chit-chatting. Uh, well, no, actually, you've just come out of the library, so maybe you're cu- headed on your way back to the car. Uh, let's have Jameson make a spot-hidden check. No, 69, and my spot-hidden's 50. So, you take a look around, and uh, no, you don't... You, you don't. I mean, your paranoia is still gonna bother you, but uh, you don't see anyone following. No right. traffic moving around out there? No, nothing like that. Mm. So... I'll let you guys decide what if any other gear you want to pick up, and uh, and then we'll jump right into the drive uh, to Kingsport. And uh, the road is a little rough. You know, the Bob has to take his time a few times when the road gets a little uncomfortable to drive over at, you know, a regular speed. And it curves and makes its way through the hills south of Arkham. There's no sign of civilization soon, and you're in amongst trees and forests. And for most of the drive, I mean, it's pretty spectacular views, and the weather's good. Everything's just peachy. Nothing bad could possibly happen on this day. (laughs) <laughs> Assuming it's early fall or early fall or late summer. Late summer, maybe mid-September. It's late. I mean, it, it won't be long before you know the trees are turning color and things like yep. that. So it's just a bad road, not. Well, I mean, it's a dirt gravel road, and your car is not exactly a jeep, and some, and it's not the the maintenance on the road is not uh, maybe what it should be. You don't find it's not peculiar to you though. All right. So yep. as you as you drive down the road, Bob, you round you round a, a a bend and you bend in the road and you can see a lake on your right hand side, and the forest around you is mostly hemlock trees, and you can only assume that the lake you're looking out onto is Squatters Lake. It's small. You can see across it. Uh, and and you're catching just glimpses of it through the trees. And then the road takes another bend, sort of hugging the same curve that the lake takes. The lake has sort of a kidney bean shape to it. And on your right-hand side up ahead, Bob, you spot a motel at the side of the road. It has a triangular uh, set of beams to form a tripod. And there's a big sign on it that says, Squatter Lake Motel. And then another small sign hang in, in red hangs under it 
it says vacancy. Does it look like it's open? It does. It does. It it the the motel is sort of a a T shape. So we can assume that you know you can see an office at sort of the top of the T, and then that the long uh, the stick that forms the bottom part of the T uh, is appears to be where there are rooms. Uh, as you pull into uh, the dirt uh, the dirt parking lot, you see two other vehicles parked there: a yellow Buick Marquette and a Model T runabout pickup truck. No, not Mr. Fraser's car. Not Mr. Fraser's car. Now the sun is starting to go down. You've driven all day, and sirs, uh, are you sure you want to stay in this place? No. There's a reason why it's vacant. We could drive on. So you're 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 parked in the in the parking lot, sort of making your decision. But last, there's nowhere else to go. And this is where he this is where he was seen last, or they think he was seen last. He said he told he told he told his girlfriend that he stayed he was going to stay the night here. He was tired. He was going to stay the night. We should we could look around. Can I take a couple of quick snapshots of the motel and maybe absolutely. See if I can get the cars into the photo. Yeah, with yeah. the license plates. So, uh, Mr. Specter, you take a few shots, and the uh, the hotel, the motel, actually sits on stilts, implying that they maybe get a Congrats. lot of water around here, uh, maybe a little bit of flooding. So it's uh, it's slightly raised. So the ground will be quite soft. It obviously maybe gets that way during rainy season. Do I see any tire tracks leading out of the parking lot that do not lead back to the road? As in somebody maybe pushed a car behind a building? Or... Uh, you can give me a spot hidden, but uh, it, it's pretty dry right now, so it'll have to be good. It, it is not good, so let's not worry <laughs> about it. So it's, 82. you don't see anything like that. The building is uh, sort of a... A, it, probably when it was freshly painted, it was white, but the whole building has kind of yellowed. And the the door frames and the window frames and the shutters are all this sort of uh, dark green color. And the paint uh, on the on the shutters has peeled a bit. And outside of each uh, of the motel doors, there is an there's an oil lamp hanging. Not lit because so, it's not dark yet. So, do we need four rooms, sirs? Yeah. yeah. There are double occupancy rooms. I mean, I do not want to presume. Maybe we just should just get two rooms. I'll go in into the office to book the rooms. Okay. So you, yeah, you're, want... you're going to park the car. And also We're already parked. Mr. Spectre's taking pictures. <laughs> I But not in a parking space. I thought you just had pulled in. No, I'll, yeah, I'll park and go in. Okay. Officially. I'll go to the lake. Just look at the lake. Okay. So you, you get out and stretch your legs and sort of walk to the side of the motel then, Mr. Winston, uh, Winston to s- see the lake. And Bob is going into the reception. Jameson, what are you doing? I'll go with Winston to look at the lake. And M- Mr. Spectre? Like you said, I'm out front taking a couple photos, maybe looking at the hotel from a couple of different directions, looking for other sort of buildings or what else is in the vicinity. So let's start with uh, let's start with Bob heading into reception. You park the car, and as I said, the motel is on these very short stilts, 
and there is a porch that kind of wraps around the whole thing. There appear there's four rooms facing the parking lot, and you assume that this is reciprocated on uh, on the back side. That there's another four facing the lake. You walk up to the to the front and uh, walk through the door to reception. The door uh, sticks a little as you open it. It hits one. It hits a bell hanging just above and lets off a little a little ring as you enter. A wide, dark wooden desk fronts the far wall, and the room is built from varnished wood panels, with a door leading into the back. You're assuming office or living quarters of whoever owns this. Uh, on the wall behind the desk are two stuffed and mounted boar's heads, between which hangs a 20-gauge double-barreled shotgun. A rack of keys hangs beneath the shotgun, and the desk holds two oil lamps, a jar of pencils, and a brass bell shaped like a swan. The walls to your left and right of the desk are covered in license plates collected from some as early as the 1900s to the present, which would be uh, the er late late 20s, early 30s. Can I look for the plate that belongs to James? Give me a give me a luck roll. So what do I do for that? D one hundred, and you're you're trying to get below your luck. I just missed it. So you take a quick look around, and you don't spot it. And as you're as you're looking, you hear a, a strange squeaking sound, and the door sort of gets bumped, and out comes a man in a wheelchair, uh, his head hanging down, his arms folded over a big blanket over his lap, and he looks very, very old. And another man, not quite as old as him, pushes pushes him out. He sort of has a hollowed cheekbones, very pale, squinting at you in fail, faded blue coveralls, has a full head of white, white hair, but doesn't maybe look well. He's skinny to the point of maybe being sickly. Welcome to Squatter's Lake Motel. I'm William, and this here is my older brother, Robert. Robert can't speak much anymore. Took a funny turn a few years back, and he pats his brother on the shoulder. Who are you looking for, uh... For rooms? Yes, do you... We're looking for two rooms. Do you have any vacancies? Has a, a book with, like, a registrar's book. And he looks down it and he says, uh, he says, yes, are you looking for, I have a few rooms with, uh, with twin beds. I have a room with a, a double bed or singles. They, they all have a small bath in them. Do you have two rooms with two, two beds in the meat? Yes, they're, they're not beside one another though. I have one at the front here. He points out towards the parking lot. Room one, and then room five around the back. That should be fine. Each room is 50 cents a night. Cash in advance. The rooms have hot water, but we only have oil lamps for illumination. You'll have to bring your own food, but there's a grocery store past the woods to the south if you need anything. We get a delivery every Tuesday if you're staying. All right, thank you. I'll, I'll pay you. 
he slides the book across for you for you to sign uh, your sign in on the on the names. So when I sign, I'm going to scan the names. All right. Uh, it would appear that the page he's given you is uh, is fresh. There's no names on it. Can I s- subtly turn the page to the one ahead of it? <laughs> so you just like you know give it a turn, and uh, yep, there's lots of names on that next one. Uh, is there dates on them? There are dates on them. Yes. <laughs> so what's the last date someone was here? The last date. Uh, a few months back. A few months back. And you can see that there's obviously been a page removed. Any impressions that I could subtly see without having... No, nothing like that. No heavy-handed writers? <laughs> uh, no, no. Okay, I'll sign us in. And he uh, he gives you the key for room one. He says again, this is at the front, and uh, he gives you another key uh, for the back. Which is your best room? One or, one or number five? I think number five is quite nice. It looks out over the lake. Thank you. I'm sure it'll be a comfortable stay. He says, yes, do enjoy yourself. And if there's anything my brother and I can help you with, don't hesitate to ask. Do you get many visitors here? Oh, not as many as we'd like. It is a bit off the beaten path. Yes, uh, there's not as much traffic to Kingsport anymore. My, I love your collection of license plates. Why, thank you. It's actually not something that we started when we bought the place. The former owner had done this, and uh, we've we've been filling in the rest. And as he says that, he motions to a few empty spots on the wall. Uh, but you can notice that uh, there, there's dust around them. Like they've been removed? Like some plates have been removed, yeah. Is there an order to them? No. What brings you and your friends this way? Just on our way to Kingsport, and it was getting late. Business in Kingsport? Uh, You'd have to ask Sir about that. Oh, oh, you are but a servant as am I. Yes. Well, I hope you find your stay here uh, comfortable. I'm looking forward to it. And with that, he takes his, the book back and uh, makes sure everything's in order. He then fills out what room numbers you're in. And uh... Where does he leave the book? Like, I'll leave, but I want to, like, does he oh, just okay. leave it on the yes, counter? Yes, just left on the counter. So the two of you that go to check the lake, uh, you round the motel, and you can see that there's a small dock down by the water's edge, and tethered there are three uh, small fishing boats. Along the shores, there's lots of tall reeds, and the lake looks a little overgrown around the edges, and these hemlock trees are everywhere. So you round the corner, you notice a small murder of crows sitting in the closest hemlock tree, maybe... Maybe five, maybe six, maybe seven birds in total. And they all sort of watch you as you round the corner of the building. Not making any noise or anything, just nope. watching? Just sitting in the tree. So they're acting somewhat normally? Sure. Okay. So there's besides the dock, there's not like any uh, fire pit. Like it's just basically... 
You don't see oh, anything like dock. that. You don't see anything like that. I mean, you could take a stroll down the down the on the side of the lake if you wanted to. From here, I mean, I, I guess we're still like at a point relatively close to the hotel. Uh, doesn't seem like any reeds have been recently disturbed or anything. Right? You don't see anything like that, no. No kind of weird, but again, obvious. A... We can go up and down a little bit. Yeah. We don't know anything. Sort of an interest in the different types of plants they have. You could go have north. Sort of you can go north, north or south. Which direction would you like to? Would you like south. To south. So the two of you stroll uh, down to the south, and as you walk past that tree, the crows have decided to have enough of you. They, there's a couple squawks, and they take flight. You walk down uh, to the water's edge and start walking along. When you you can see a. Uh, you can see a man uh, approaching you from the south. A ruffian? Uh, no, he's a, he's a heavily built man in his 40s. And he wears a pair of black uh, suit pants. And a white shirt, the top button undone. There's no tie. And he looks like he's out for a stroll. You'll probably pass him in, in another minute or so. Like, and he, For all intents and purposes, he just looks like he's out for a stroll. I'll give him uh, He gives you a short nod. Just sort of like a, hmm. And then he obviously is going to make space to go around you. Bring hmm? a little bit of small talk. Is there a good place to eat around here? Not really. There's a little shopping place to the south, groceries and such. Do you live around here or are you visiting the motel? Hmm. Staying at the motel. How about yourselves? My friend's checking us in right now. It's our first night. Is it a nice place? came up here to keep to himself, do a little bit of fishing. But the fishing's gone bad, and then everybody's got to know your story. And he looks at the two of you up and down. Well, funny enough, I actually brought a fishing rod on my equipment list. Maybe since I got time to kill, I'm just going to sort of fish off the dock and just sort of take it all in. So you go to get your fishing rod and everything? Yeah. Okay. All right. And just sort of observe if I fish. With that, he, uh, he, this gentleman, uh, moves away. Leaves the two of you. Winston heads to get his rod. Mr. Spectre, you're out front, and you can see, uh, like I said, there's the two, the two cars parked there. The two, the two, the two well-to-do gentlemen have walked around the motel by this time, and Bob is in the reception, and you can maybe notice that he... He's obviously talking to someone in there. There's a glass door on the on the entrance to reception. Well, you can't see which room the other two cars are occupying. They're not parked. There's nobody else. That no, I they're they're just parked in the in the lot. Not it's not like right. they're parked outside a room or anything like that. Stroll around the hotel, looking it all in, looking for anything sort of out of the ordinary. Okay. Since this is the last note spot, we think James might have been here. So you take a walk around, and he was carrying a large sum of money and. That's where my thought train is going. So you take a you take a stroll around the building. So as I said, it's T-shaped, right? So the bottom of the T is the rooms that people rent. And the top of the T, okay. the reception is at the front. And as you stroll your way around, there's a few windows, but they're all they're all covered with drapes, heavy drapes. Mm-hmm. Um and when you get to the back where the if the reception is at the one end of that top of the T, at the other end, there's a set of 
big, almost like barn doors. Like there might be some kind of a garage or workshop at the back. And there's a, a large ramp leading up onto the... There, there's steps and ramps all around the building to get up onto those... Um, it's on stilts. On stilts. But this ramp, this ramp looks like, you know, it could hold some weight. And there's a big set of uh, workshop or barn-like doors. You can also see the the dock from here with three boats tied up, sort of just bobbing in the water. The two gentlemen that I travel with are down there as well? You maybe, you maybe see them starting their walk and, and uh, they're headed south. You're at the north end of the motel. Are these doors closed shut, or can I get a quick peek inside? Okay, so you step up, and uh, they they are closed shut and have a a padlock hanging from them. Uh, there is a window right beside the the doors. You can try to peek into. Yeah, I would love to take a look inside the window. Maybe there's a really good boat in here on a small okay. lift or a. Uh, give me a give me a spot a, hidden. We've talked spot hidden. Remember. <laughs> do you know what I did again? You didn't put any points in it? Oh no, I put a ton in. <laughs> 55, my spot hidden is 70. Okay, Whoa. so so you managed to sort of... You know, the, the, the drapes on the other side, you managed to just... There's a bit of a crack there, and you can see in uh, to the back. You see a, a, a set of boxes stacked on one side of the room uh, from where you're looking through. This room that you're looking into is sort of split in two by this large, heavy tarp hanging, almost like a curtain. And that's it. It looks like storage. Okay. I don't notice any impressions or indents in the ground like something heavy was moved in here recently? No, no. I guess I will venture on down to the light then, since there's nothing on the outskirts of the hotel. There's the dock there, or you can head up the North Shore. I'll head up the North Shore. Bob, you come out. Uh, no one's in the parking lot anymore. You have the keys. Yep. I will unload the car, bring their stuff to their rooms. So the rooms are... are they're pretty, I'll check them out. They're pretty standard, yeah. The interior of the rooms are 15 by 15, so... You know, not not a small space, but not a huge space either. There's two beds in each, and uh, a small bathroom in each. There's there's a carpet, you know, on the floor, and the the carpet in both room matches. Like the, obviously, they've decorated the rooms identical. Uh, the rooms have a small bookcase in each with some books. It looks like uh, people, you know, a few novels, uh, a few bird watching books. Uh, nothing nothing unusual though. But both the rooms are connected to the room beside them. So room one has a door to the right leading to room two. But it is bolted from both sides. So you would need someone on both sides to unlock. And then room five, it has a door to the right as well, which would lead to room six. But there's also a door to the left, which would lead into that room that I just described to Ellsworth peeking through. That storage room or workshop, whatever it is. There's a door into there, but it's bolted shut. Again, these are bolted shut doors. Um, Does it look clean? Or do either of them look clean? They look clean. However, so there's, a, <laughs> like, there's a few cobwebs here and there. But generally speaking, clean, orderly. Think of a cottage that just is is used semi-regularly. So, so I'll light the lanterns and make 
it ready. But as I do that, I want to look around like, is there anything suspicious in the room? Which room? room Either. One. I'll uh, do room one first. Okay. Well, give me a uh, give me a spot hidden. Eighteen. I have a forty-five. Yeah. So just to, just to, each room has a bedside table holding an oil lamp and an alarm clock, a dresser, a wardrobe, a small dining table with two chairs, and a large uh, mirror on the wall. There's a small bathroom built into each with a toilet sink to freshen up with. They contain small bookcases. You sort of poke around and have a look about. And on the bookshelf in room one, uh, in amongst the books, you find a, uh, a spiral-bound notebook. There's a whole bunch of notes inside, but one note uh, catches your eye as you see... Emily's name on it. 